Welcome to the Socket Podcast. Socket helps you plug into you and unplug from things that no longer serve you. Find your voice and self-esteem while learning to say no and set boundaries when needed. Your host, Kathy Suber, is an entrepreneur and mom of two with a life lens of happiness. If living a life of authenticity, kindness, and confidence is something you are looking for, get ready to plug in. We are glad that you are here. Isn't that a fun topic? I have been co-parenting with my ex-husband since 2008 when we got divorced. So it's been 13 years. My boys were about two and a half and three and a half when we decided to get divorced. They're now almost 18 and 19. And I would say for a few, other than a few little slip ups along the way, I believe that we did an extremely good job of managing parenting together even after our marriage ended. No one walks down the aisle and gets married to someone hoping that they'll get divorced. In divorce, there's always two parts of the equation. While most parents tend to blame the other person for it being mostly their fault, um, and sometimes there is a clear cut winner in the fault game for sure, I always believe that there are different signs and symptoms that present in many different ways that aren't always so cut and dry. But once you're getting divorced, I believe you have to completely separate your marriage hurts and trying to raise your kids. Putting those children first in that co-parenting relationship is so important. It's beyond important. It's so important for the kids. I looked at my two boys and I thought, you did not ask for this. You did not probably want mom and dad to not be together. You didn't sign up for this. You didn't sign up for going back and forth to two different houses. So I, as Kathy Subber, and the only person I have control over, are, is going to make this transition and the next however many years we have together as good as humanly possible. Now, again, anytime you get divorced, there's hurts on this side, there's hurts on that side. You're mad about this. He's mad about that, right? It doesn't matter. I know that sounds weird because sometimes it feels like it should matter or someone hurt you so badly and that sucks. And that, in my opinion, is yours to take on to manage on your own, not involving and entwining and entangling the kids and those decisions that you need to make as a co-parent. They should be completely separate. You're an adult that can manage your emotions and find ways to get the help that you need. They are children that need you to be present and need you to be the best version of yourself in a co-parenting relationship. I just feel so strongly about this because I see I see parents talking in front of their kids sometimes about their exes and they just say the most awful things sometimes. And the more and more I learn about this topic, the more and more I am learning that any negative thing that is said against the other parent to that child or within earshot of that child is like poison. It's like a dagger to that child because that child is half of that person. And as much as that child, depending on what age and how, how much they understand of what's going on, they may 100% agree with what you're saying. They may even see some of the issues that you're having in their own relationship with that other parent. 
But you saying anything negative will still always be a negative attack against them as well, even if they don't know that they're taking it in that way. So as hard as it can be for some parents, depending on what you've been through, you cannot do that in front of your kids. You cannot just put the other parent down all the time, even if they're failing you, even if they're causing problems, even if they're not paying child support, even if they're not picking up the kids. This, I can only imagine, is one of the hardest things to try to do in a co-parenting relationship if it's really bad. Um, my ex and I didn't go through too much of this. So while we certainly you know, had our issues from time to time, I think we did a pretty good job of, of keeping those issues out of earshot and out of our co-parent relation, relationship. So focusing on those kids, you know, you made those kids and they deserve your best. They deserve you to not be all about what's going on with you. They deserve to have a happy, healthy parent. So you working on yourself and making sure you're okay after your divorce is number one, right? If you don't, if you don't take care of yourself, if you're not practicing self-care, if you don't need the count, if you don't get the counseling that you may need, if you don't release some anger that you may need to, that's going to trickle down and affect how you parent. So while it seems counterproductive that focusing on the kids means you should practice self-care, again, you can't be the best mom or dad possible if you are filled with anger and rage and resentment and, and all of that yuck. So figure that out, work through that as, you know, you have to feel it, right? We can't deny that we feel certain things, but we can work through it separate from the kids. Another thing that I see all the time is people being inflexible. Let's say you've gone through the divorce, you now have a parenting agreement and this holiday is yours and that holiday is his and, and this other birthday is this one and normally you have this weekend. I'm just gonna tell you, I didn't look at my parenting agreement one time during the last 13 years. Chris and I just decided that we were going to figure it out and be flexible because sometimes cool things happen on a weekend that isn't yours, right? You might have family that's coming into town. You might have friends that are coming with young kids that have the same age as your kids. You might have an opportunity to go on a vacation or something, right? Life is never planned out perfectly and it's never going to fall into a set co-parenting schedule. So we used it as a basic guideline and we worked around, my kids kind of went back and forth and they were really good at doing that. And sometimes we'd forget something. And, and so we always had each other's you know, code to their house. So even when the kids were little, we could get into the other person's house if we needed to. We would always text to let them know that we were coming, but it's really difficult. And I know this doesn't work for everyone. Um, I know it doesn't work for everyone. But if at all possible, having that, even if the kids can go in, right, they may not, your, your ex-partner may not want you to go into their home, but depending on the relationship, I've seen some co-parenting that work beautifully this way. I mean, they still do holidays together and they vacation together and they share a lake house that they used to have. So I've seen the pendulum swing from, I can't even look at them and, and have a, a, a healthy conversation with them to, gosh, we almost just continue doing life together, our marriage just didn't work out. So wherever you fall on that pendulum, I know for us, 
being able to have access to the other house. If we forgot a coat or we forgot a sports jersey or something like that was made things much, much easier for co-parenting and splitting time 50-50. But again, that flexibility. Sometimes on a Thanksgiving, you're going to have someone that's coming that you want it to be at your house on Thanksgiving. And it may be written in the co-parent agreement that this year is the year that they're supposed to have them. Being flexible and going back and forth will serve everyone, everyone well. It'll serve you well, it'll serve your ex well, and it especially will serve your kids well. Another thing, and I always tell my kids, when you get married someday and have kids, I promise you, I will be the easy parent. I will not require you to come on a specific day for anything. If it's my birthday, your birthday, Christmas day, Thanksgiving day, sometimes, especially when you have young kids, that just doesn't work out. Depends on where you live, how close you live together. Um, I just try to be flexible in all of that planning. And if we need to celebrate Thanksgiving on Saturday, turkeys cook in the oven just like they do on Thursday. If we need to see you on the Sunday after Christmas and Christmas is Thursday, it's okay. We can still celebrate that together. So the, the, this rigidity in schedule, I think causes so much stress for so many people. I've seen it as a chiropractor and families. And as we get closer and closer to the holidays, people are going mad with stress. They are literally losing their minds, losing sleep. We've got to go to four places in one day. And I just think, especially if you're in co-parenting relationships, having flexibility in your parenting agreement, that schedule, holidays, and just whatever else comes up, because something always comes up. Also for us, this actually was, we were supposed to have 50-50 custody. We have had times in the last 13 years where the boys have stayed more at my house. We've had times in the last 13 years where the boys have stayed more at Chris's house, which is currently happening. We've had times where, you know, for a couple of months, Chris might have them a couple extra times uh, during a weekend that that isn't mine or that should have been mine because he had something fun going on. So kind of keeping track and making sure that that's always the same, it's impossible to have 50-50 all the time. Sometimes one parent is going to take a little more time and then hopefully it'll shift back the other way at some point. This, this kind of tags into that. This, this topic is lean into each other's strengths. Parents are not made equally, whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad, and it doesn't have to be traditional roles. Sometimes the mom's better at something. Sometimes the dad's, the dad's better at something. For me, when my kids were little, I did not enjoy that phase of motherhood as much as I enjoy this kind of adult phase. I just wasn't great at playing trains for six hours. I've said this before. There's a meme that said, don't you hate when you've been playing with your kids for 20 minutes and you look or for six hours and you look up and it's only been 20 minutes. That's what it felt like to me. And my boys, if you're listening to this to you or listening right now, I'm sorry. I just wasn't good at that. <laughs> Chris, on the other hand, was really good at that. And he was dating someone that had a younger daughter and my kids just adored each other. And so they would take him to the zoo and take him to a lot of different places and during those earlier years, the boys spent probably 60% with Chris and 40% with me. And many times on a Friday night, say the kids were six and seven, Chris would call up and say, hey, we're having dinner and we're playing video games. Do you mind if I just keep them overnight and you know I can drop them off tomorrow morning sometime? 
The answer was always yes. Now, as the kids are older and as they've gone through the teenage years, right, the conversations get a little more intense than, you know, which Mario Kart brother do you want to be? So when the conversation shifted to sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and teenage issues, and girlfriends, and, um, you know, can you go to that party, and, you know, who's driving, and what's happening there, as those conversations presented, I'm pretty good at those conversations. I could kind of have those conversations any day. So if any out there need me to, you know, talk to your son or daughter about any of these issues, I can have that conversation. So Chris has kind of leaned on me a little bit with these conversations. And so we have tried to lean on each other and what that parent is really good at and allowed some grace for that other parent that that may just not be their time to shine. And again, that's worked out really, really well. Kids going through a divorce all manage it differently. My boys were so young, they honestly don't remember us being together. Um, I remember taking them when, when we moved out of the house, I'm taking them to the new apartment that we stayed in for about two years. And, you know, we were kind of like, hey, you get to have two rooms and two sets of toys. And, and we kind of tried to make it as good as possible, even though it was really difficult knowing that this wasn't ideal and that, you know, you don't have children or get married, hoping to get divorced and be a, a two family home. But we did our best to try to make it as good as possible. That being said, there are lots of different ages that people go through a divorce and their kids are different ages. And those different ages bring lots of further problems than, than my, you know, three and four-year-old who really didn't get what was going on. And to this day, don't have any memory of Chris and I living in the same house or being married. So I know those emotions can be big. They can be hard. Um, and so my advice for you there, even though I didn't personally go through it, is there needs to be space to talk about it. There needs to be space for your children to share all of the emotions that they have without you trying to fix it, without you trying to defend anything, just in it's, it's be uncomfortable, I'm sure, but just allowing them to express everything they're going through, which is normally a lot, especially during those, you know, young teen years or, you know, middle school years, or maybe they have to change schools. Now there's a lot that can happen after divorce financially. And I think just giving children space to talk about it goes a long, long, long way. Also, kids are more resilient than you think they are. They may, they may say, I'm, I refuse to do that, or I, I, I know I'm not talking about everyone, right? I, I can't categorize every child that's ever gone through a divorce in this conversation. But overall, kids are resilient, and as long as they're provided safe, loving homes in two places and people aren't battling over them or fighting about them or fighting in front of them or bad-mouthing the other parent. If you can have two healthy, happy homes happening at the same time, they're, they're most likely going to be doing okay. So you go back to the don't talk bad about the other parent, be flexible, don't be fighting in front of them, compartmentalize your marriage hurt here and you raising your children together here. Two different things, totally different things. And the last thing I would say is working hard to be on the same page so that 
kids aren't pitting you against each other because they will try that. Mine have tried a few times. Oh, you know, dad said no. Will mom say yes? Or, oh, mom lets me do this at her house, which might not be the case. So kids are sneaky sometimes. Chris and I have always, in my opinion, done a really good job of getting together and talking through big decisions, right? One of them was our son playing football in um, his freshman year of high school. We both didn't really want him playing. He hadn't played for years. Um, and the people that we knew he was going to be playing with had been playing the whole time. Nick is really tall, but some of these kids are really strong and um, we we're just worried about him getting hurt. But we had this big, long 20 minute conversation going back and forth. Nick really wanted to do it. And we made the decision together that we would support him. Um, other things are, when do you allow your child to sleep over at someone's house? When do you allow them to go away for a weekend with someone? Um, when do you allow them to ride their bikes to school by themselves? Chris and I really tried to, to get together, have, have good conversations about this, and figure out how we were going to move forward as a team, as opposed to here are the rules at dad's house and here are the rules at mom's house. You know, they're never all going to be the exact same rules, but for those big ticket items, for those big life changes, for those big growing up opportunities, um, we tried to be on the same page. And again, that just created less, less tension, less stress, um, and a happier, healthier co-parenting relationship. Again, I can't stress enough that every family's different, every child's different, every couple's different, every mom's different, every dad's different. Um, but at the end of the day, I think if you if you work through what I'm talking about, the tips that I've laid out, I do believe you have a better chance at keeping those children as happy and healthy as you possibly can, which is why you had them in the first place. I hope this was helpful to you. And again, if you'd like to reach out, uh, my website is simplysocket.com and my email is kathy at simplysocket. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the Socket Podcast. Looking for more gratitude, confidence, and happiness in your life? Check out our website, www.simplysocket.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Simply Socket. And remember, be unapologetically you. It's a waste of energy to be anything else.